No. Oh, there we go. <laughs> so, thank you, Bo. Um, as Melissa and I were talking back and forth this week about uh, preparing for this service today, um, it really struck me how lucky we are, how blessed we are that people from the congregation, even our children, take part in the service, that this is not just a thing that the elders and deacons and the worship team do, but people from the congregation uh, take a part in every service, and, and we're really blessed by that. So thank you again, Bo. Good job. Amen. Uh, before I get started, I'd like to, to pray, please. Oh, Lord, please calm all of our hearts, mind included, all of our brains. Please help us to concentrate on you and your word and your goodness and your love and your patience with all of us. Lord, please help me to say the things that need to be said and please help people to hear them the way you intended to be heard rather than what I might mumble. Ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, So Sharon and I have been living here close to six years now. Um, Since we moved here, our TV habits have changed a lot. Um, Number one, we're retired. Number two, we uh, have a hot tub out on a deck out under the stars. So generally every evening, that's where we like to go. So that means we don't watch TV when TV comes on. We record everything, and we watch it when we want to watch it. Um, One of the things that's come in handy as uh, that happens, because sometimes we go a week or two or a month before we watch the next episode of some series we're watching, is that we kind of forget what has happened. Um, So... We've noticed that there's a thing at the start of every uh, new episode that says previously on, and we're starting to get pretty used to to that. Um, So in that vein, I know some of you weren't here two weeks ago when I was preaching. Some of you may not have been here last week while uh, Andrew was preaching. So I would like to do previously on the parable of the sower to help catch you up. So, um, two weeks ago, I preached just on the first three verses of the the parable of the sower, and I was really concentrating on the setting, how Jesus taught, where Jesus taught. Um, And the the point that I, I was really trying to make there was, he is our example of how we should be sharing the gospel. He met people where they were, And then more importantly, we are called to the mission that he gave to his disciples. He sent his disciples out 2,000 years ago. By extension, their mission is our mission. We are all called. We must, if we are obedient, reach out to our friends and our neighbors and our family. Then last week... Andrew taught about a really tough passage in the middle of the parable of the sower, um, talking about hardening of hearts. 
eternal question that uh, people have been wrestling with for thousands of years. Does God harden hearts on purpose so that people won't come to know him? Or do we harden our own hearts and ignore the word of God? So, Andrew did a good job of, of leading us through wrestling with those hard problems, again, that people have been uh, talking about for a couple thousand years. But a couple of key points that I think he really made was that either way, hardening of the heart happens gradually. He talked about the, the habits of the heart. We slowly, by the decisions we make, either fall away from the Lord or come closer to him. I think that's a, that's a really important point. Um, and then the other key point that I really wanted to point out is that the Holy Spirit can do anything. No matter what we do, if the Holy Spirit wants to get hold of people, he will. So with that as a background, I'm finally going to get into the, the parable itself. Now, as we go through the parable, um, you probably recall that first Jesus taught to the crowd on the beach. Then the uh, disciples asked him, why do you speak in parables? And then Jesus actually explained to them why he speaks in parables, as Andrew talked about last week. But then he also explains the parable itself. So I kind of got lucky in that uh, Jesus already talked about what the parable means. So I don't have to do that as much. Um, but I will, as we go through it, go a side-by-side of what Jesus said to the crowd and what Jesus said to um, the disciples um, so we can get through that a little bit quicker. Uh, and the, the main point for today is what are we to do with all of that? And especially I'd like you to keep in mind in light of our mission to share the gospel with our friends and family and neighbors. So in verse 4, Jesus said, And as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. When he explained this to the disciples, he said, When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. And uh, I know there are a lot of Sunday school kids here, so just a quick review of Um, through this parable, who is the sower? Jesus himself was the first one trying to share the secrets of the kingdom with the lost world. But again, by extension, the things he was trying to teach them are the things that we need to be trying to teach as well. So it was at the time he was talking about himself but we can take it as he's talking about us. What are the seeds? The gospel, the word of God. So the the sower, Jesus, is spreading the word of God. We are to be sharing the word of God as well. So some of the seed falls on the path. The path is... Hardened ground because it's been walked on and walked on and walked on. If anybody's ever tried to seed a lawn, you know, if you don't cover that seed up real quick, 
the birds get it right away before um, any seeds have a chance to germinate and take root. Same kind of effect here. Falling on hard, dry ground, the birds are going to snap up the seed very quickly. And again, Jesus uh, explains what that means. Um, so the, the analogy here is the hard ground is the hardened hearts that, uh, that Andrew talked about last week. If our hearts are hard, for whatever reason, the word can't get in there. People hear it, it bounces off, means nothing, it's gone and forgotten. I think if you've tried to share, you've probably run up against people like that. I know I have. So the next verses uh, here are five and six. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Jesus explains that. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arise on account of the world, of the word, immediately he falls away. So uh, the case here is that some of us do hear the word. Some of us do take it in. Some of us get really excited about it and come to church and participate. But then the first time things get a little bit tough or even inconvenient, some of us fall away. It just happens. I hate to say it, brothers and sisters, but uh, I think we can all think of people who have been sitting next to us in the pews that aren't here anymore. It happens. So in the, the last case of uh, seed that doesn't produce anything is other seeds fell among the thorns. Thorns grew up and choked them. Jesus' explanation. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the world, and it proves unfruitful. Church family, I would caution all of us that even if you're here, even if you're here every week, the same things can happen to us. Where has there ever been a time or a place where the deceitfulness of riches can uh, take our focus away from the Word of God? We live in the richest country in the world. We think that money can be the answer to stuff. We forget that we really owe everything to the Lord. Distractions can come. Trials can come. So each and every one of us today, me included, could be included in this warning that we really need to be attentive to protect what the truth is in us. And as Andrew pointed out, it slowly can fade away 
it can slowly be taken from us. We have to be diligent not to let that happen. Now, in these three cases, I really noticed that there is a difference in timing for the three ways that the the seed um, can end up not bearing fruit. In the first case, it's almost immediate. The seed is strewn, the word is spoken, and the evil one takes it away. Almost immediate. In the second case, people can hear the word and be excited about the word. And then fairly quickly fade away after that. In this third case, it takes time. The seeds are taking root well. They're in good soil, fertile soil as well. So the issue there is other things can grow as well. So it takes a little bit longer for the word to be pulled from us, for our faith to fade away. question we have today is, did Jesus' word fall on hard soil? Did it fall on rocky ground? Did it fall in people who were choked by distractions of the world, cares, the deceitfulness of riches? Undoubtedly. In Mark, uh, This is when Jesus went to his hometown in Nazareth, actually got invited to teach in the synagogue. It's like somebody coming back and standing here right now. He was talking to the religious people in his hometown, people who knew him and loved him. And what was their response? They took offense. So yeah, people did reject Jesus' message, even in his hometown. The John passage refers to after Jesus had been speaking to a huge crowd and feeding 5,000 people. He talked about being the bread of life just to his disciples. And their response was, this is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? And they turned and no longer walked with him. Brothers and sisters, if Jesus had people that ignored him, we can only expect the same thing to happen to us as we are sharing the message. But things can change, right? Well, what about in the future? Will people always reject the gospel? Will there always be people, no matter what truth they see, no matter what facts are placed before them, will fall away? No doubt about it. In the end times, despite all the evidence of God's imminent return, people fell back into their old habits, into their own desires, and ignored the word of God. We can't expect anything different now. Um, 
Kind of reminds me of Ecclesiastes 1.9. What has been is what will be. And what has been done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. question that leaves is, if we know it happened then, we know it's going to happen in the future, and it's happening now, does that mean that the seed, i.e., the Word of God, can ever be wasted? A tough way of asking that question is, was Jesus wasting his time? talking to people who didn't want to hear or people who heard and walked away. I think this uh, verse from uh, Isaiah answers that question flat out. God's word will have the purpose that God intends. Even if it's not what we would expect or what we would hope, his word never comes to nothing. His word will have the purpose that he wants it to have. So we have no excuse for not sharing it, even if it seems like we're wasting our time. What's this mean to us here today in Prineville? I think before we uh, go into the three examples again and how we deal with those kind of people, we need to keep in mind a a few truths. First one is Jesus will return. We know he will. That is an established fact. We don't know when, but we know he will come back. We know that Human beings are going to be human beings right to the very end. But a a new truth that came to me this time is that Jesus had three years of ministry. He poured into a dozen guys, spending 24-7 with them, essentially. All of us here probably have a lot more than three years left in our lives. Given we have the same mission that he gave to his disciples, the same mission that he had for himself to share the word of God, he had to jam it into three years. We have the luxury of taking time, of building relationships So we should use that time well. And remember that God's plan has never changed. His mission hasn't either. And that mission comes to us. So again, going back to the three different kinds of people we might run into who might uh, reject the word of God sooner or later. What do we do? What do we do when we're talking to somebody whose heart is hard? The answer is keep trying. Never give up. I personally had to learn this lesson just a few months ago 
Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I, don't, I have, don't have the timing quite right, but um, Sharon and I have been trying to pour into some dear friends' lives for years, uh, basically ever since we've been here. And we thought we were making progress. We believed that we were showing God's love. These, these are total non-believers, um, but we truly believed we were sharing God's light and God's love with them. And then there was an incident, and I won't go into it, that just rocked my world. I thought, this is hopeless. We have no chance of reaching these people. There's no way this will ever get through. Luckily, as I shared in... uh, the sermon a couple of weeks ago, I have become slowly convicted by the fact that we need to be in relationships that we can never give up. And so I turn my attitude around and continue to try to reach them. I came this close to giving up, brothers and sisters. I know that that is the wrong answer. So... If you remain engaged in people's lives, and we are, we're still friends, we still meet together and we do things together, in God's timing, something might happen, something might not, but we know that we are called to continue to share. What about people who accept the message and then fade away? Again, same point. We need to stay engaged. We have time. Use the time to stay in relationship with them. If you see people slowly fading away and you're spending time with them, you'll know. You will have a chance to talk to them about what's going on in their life. Why don't you have the same faith that you did last year? And maybe through that dialogue, find a way to inform them better of what their mission is, what their calling is, who God is, and who they are to him. So, again, Don't give up. And lastly, what about people who can be drawn away by hardships, by temptations, by false teachings, all the things that can grow up around us and choke out the faith? staying in relationship, continuing to talk to them can help us to point out where they're going astray. Brothers and sisters, here is where I would say this is where we really need to have close personal relationships with the people around you. 
spend time together in home communities. Spend time together in ministries. Be with brothers and sisters. Spend time even in service projects, not part of this church. As long as you are around believers, we have a chance to, first of all, be sharpened ourselves for somebody else to notice how we might be going astray in some way. If you've got those relationships, you can be honest with each other. You can be helped by your brothers and sisters. Again, I I warn all of us that we are subject to those kinds of problems. If you're not, if you're still strong in the faith and charging on, you can speak into somebody else's life that really needs it. But you have to have tight bonds in order to be able to do that. You can't do that to some joker on the street, point out the error of his ways, and think that he's going to listen. If you're speaking to friends and loved ones, you might be able to get through, or conversely, people might be able to get through with you. So bottom line today, brothers and sisters, is stay in relationship. If you're on your own, if you're an island, you might not know where you're going astray. People can convince themselves that they're the smartest person in the room and believe they're doing the right thing. But if you're surrounded by brothers and sisters, we can help each other. And be patient. Again, we all probably have years to spend with somebody we know and love and care about. Use that time. Strengthen those bonds. Be honest with them. Remember, God's mission to the disciples is his mission to us even today. Don't stop. Oh Lord, we are so grateful to you for your word. We thank you that this passage was explained so clearly that it can give us something to hold on to as we go into other more difficult parables that are not explained as well. Lord Jesus, thank you for telling us what you meant, even as you were speaking in parables in this case. Lord, please help us all to never forget that we are called to be a light in this dark and broken world. Please give us the courage and the strength to act on that. Please, Lord, let us reach other people's hearts. Please help us all to have heart habits that are leading us closer to you 
rather than taking on habits that lead us further away from you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, church family, at uh, this time, we will go into our time of communion. We'll come forward to the stations, the three stations up front, or to the two back in the lobby, and take of the elements, the bread that represents Jesus' body that is broken for us, to take the grape juice that represents Jesus' blood that was poured out for us. If you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, doesn't matter if you're a member here or not, please take of the elements. You can take them back to your seat. You can stand up here and pray if you want to together. Whatever you feel comfortable with as the worship team continues to, to lead us in worship. But... Have contrite hearts if you do take the elements. Remember that we should take care of uh, any conflicts we have with our brothers and sisters and come to the, the table with clean hearts. Ask this in Jesus' name.